Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast, here with your host, Alec Jesse. Um, back this week, uh, took the last week off, you know, pretty busy week, it was homecoming week, so I had lots to do, so I did not uh, record last week, but I am back this week um, to continue to preview the uh, the team, my uh, top 25 teams, uh, we'll mention that, uh, or keep keep on going with that, and then I want to, after that, preview the slate of games on Tuesday, so Tuesday's the first day of college basketball, that's kind of like your opening day, per se, so uh, we'll preview that, that's really all I have for you, that should take up um, the hour, I, I would think, I have 20 teams I have to preview, in addition to the to all the games, so I feel like that that's going to take up a lot of time. Um, but that's good. I mean, it's right around the corner. Um, not a whole lot of recruiting. We'll get more into recruiting when the early signing period, uh, when when it's early signing period time, which is I think it's two weeks. I believe it's about, I think it's in two. It's a uh, two weeks from like actually it might start to yeah two weeks from today uh, or tomorrow. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it might it might I know it's a week long. It might be a Wednesday to Wednesday thing. I think it might start the November fourteenth, which would have been two weeks from yesterday. So anyway, that that's coming up. Keep eyes on that again, and we'll talk more about recruiting uh, when that rolls around. The FBI thing, um, all the just a little quick update. All the guys, I think it was Merle Co- Code and uh, the other uh, Gatto, all those guys. Those they were all found guilty, um, and they will be. I think most, I think one or two of them got life in prison. So that they're they're going to be put away. Not really any other, any other bombshells from that. I mean, what I read off on the podcast last episode, that was pretty much the. That was the biggest uh, t- uh, evidence of it. So now it's just whenever the I guess the FBI closed their case, what's the NCAA going to do? Um, uh, well, with Kansas, I guess a quick update with them. Silvio de Sosa, um, Silvio de Sosa is being held out of uh, <clears throat> held out of competition for now. Um, he's an, el- an eligibility check per se. I doubt he plays this year. Uh, the same kind of thing happened with Billy Preston, and he didn't play in a game. So right now, you have to assume he doesn't play this year. He very he could he could, but I I would say right now the chances are he does not play. Um, I guess a little little other news tidbits before we get into it. Um, and let's see, here we go. Uh, ba- uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, Aleem Ford, to have surgery. He is out indefinitely. Badgers are not a top twenty-five team, but they're going to be looking to get back in the tournament after missing out last year. Uh, Virginia Tech suspends Chris Clark. Uh, that's big news. Um, he so Virginia Tech's a top ten, top fifteen team. I, I, we'll get into my rankings where I have them later on, but I have them up there, and that's their starting power forward. That's their senior. That's kind of their glue guy per se, and he is out. He's suspended, um, and. Sydney Wilson of UConn, I don't have them in my top 50, but Sydney Wilson of UConn, um, he has been suspended as well. So other big news. But then the, maybe the biggest is Killian Tilly of Gonzaga, a broken foot out eight weeks. So that puts him around probably out till around Christmas time, close to, close to that uh, mid-December, mid to late December. Big news coming out of Spokane, Washington. Um, so the uh, Jacob Larson, I think Jakob Larson, he's he's Danish. I don't know how it's pronounced. I know in Europe, it's, the spelling Jacob could could also be Jakob. But regardless, Larson, uh, there's he was a backup center. Would have been I think a sophomore, or junior. Uh, left the program. He's still enrolled. He's still enrolled at Gonzaga, but he is not. He's not on the basketball team, so he's not playing this year. Um, which means so they lose him. So that's kind of a depth hit. 
and then they lose Killian Tilly the first uh, eight weeks of the season. Now, I mean, getting him healthy, he should be, you know, like full recovery. They expect it. They're going to try to get him as healthy as possible. But th- that's pretty big news out of the uh, out of G- uh, Gonzaga because I mean they play they play a pretty tough schedule non conference schedule. I know they play Tennessee. Um, I know I don't. We'll get more into it. Um, but they play a very tough non conference schedule this season. So that 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 complicates things. That makes things uh, very interesting for the guy for Mark Few and company up in Gonzaga. They're going to have to get a lot of mileage out of uh, freshman Felipe. I think, what is his name? Felipe. Felipe Petrusev, uh, freshman center. Um, I don't know what country he's from, but they're going to have to get a lot of mileage out of him. So anyway, those are the kind of the quick news tidbits. Um, as for Zion Williamson, he's playing. <laughs> haven't heard anything otherwise, and honestly, they should not. Um, they should play him. I mean, there's nothing the NCAA is going to be able to do uh, for this season about that whole deal. So let's get right into it. So I made some changes. Um, I don't remember. The, I think I left off at either my 21st or 20th team, but I know Washington wasn't in my top 20 uh, two weeks ago when I was previewing teams. This time they are. Uh, big reason for that, they had an exhibition game against Nevada, and they crushed them, beat them by 17 without Noah Dickerson, their top, their top front court player. Um, so all of a sudden, they're they're pretty good. I mean, like, I mean, Nevada's a top ten consensus top ten team. I mean, I, I believe, and we'll get to them later. But I have them very high up. And Washington went in there, it went in and smacked them in an exhibition game. Now it is an exhibition, which that changes things. But regardless, um, that is definitely something. Uh, I mean, DeMonder, and I think Washington all of a sudden comes in a little underrated, and they host the uh, the WKU Hilltoppers, uh, their first game, and that game is in Seattle. That'll be an interesting matchup. Um, so, I mean, Washington, they returned everyone from a pretty good team last year. They were close. You know, I think what really hurt Washington, I think if the Pac-12 had been, you know, good last year, they would have had a good chance to get in the tournament, but it was not. Which so that really hurt their scheduling, that hurt their RPI and whatnot. So they didn't get in, um, and I think they played a pretty weak non-conference schedule. And really, when you do that, if you're in a weaker Power Five conference and you play a weak non-conference schedule, it, you know you could have a great record, you could have a really good conference record, but it, it really hurts your chances. I think the, the the selection committee has put a ton, and I mean a ton of emphasis on non-conference road games. In non-conference games away from home, so when you when you kind of beat up on the lessers in that first season or that first part of the season, um, that that really hurts your cause going into the tournament. But this year, they I mean they're they're top twenty-five. I think in the new AP rankings, they're they're I think they might be twenty-third. I don't remember the new AP rankings are out by the way. Um, I, I didn't really feel I need to mention that, but anyway, um, so they have J- David Chris back at point guard, Jalen. Uh, Noel, I mean he he's really good. Um, star fresh or star freshman last year. Um, he's stuck with Mike Hopkins. I think he's gonna have a breakout year. And again, Noah Dickerson back for his final year. Uh, he I think he went to the NBA, the NBA draft. Um, obviously, he came back. Had a really good year last year. Um, over like a long, athletic, underrated team. So that's definitely. Uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, 
and they have some nice players on their bench. They have Brian Penn Johnson, who who kind of broke out. He's a freshman. He he kind of broke out last year or last summer, um, and Washington brought him on board. A lot of length on their bench, uh, like I said. And then Matisse Thabul, uh, they're starting small four. I mean, he he's a menace on defense. Really underrated player. Um, really like what Mike Hopkins got, has going on. He has a lot of momentum. Um, a lot of momentum going into this season. And then his team went and put uh, a top 10 team on blast mode in exhibition. So that you could argue they have as much momentum as anyone else in the country uh, going in, going into this season. So that's why I have Washington uh, move them up from unranked um, in, in AP standards to uh, the 20th team. Next up, West Virginia. Now, obviously, it's going to be tough to lose when you lose Javon Carter, Daxter Miles, uh, maybe the best backcourt pairing in West Virginia history, definitely up there. Javon Carter gave this program everything he's got. So it's, that's going to be tough to replace. But what they do replace, um, or what they have to play, they, they have a really good front court. I mean, they have the deepest, well, outside of Kansas, the deepest front court in the Big 12. I mean, Saad Kanate is back for uh, a jun- or a senior year. I don't really know that he needed to come back, uh, but I mean, a shot blocking machine, best defensive big man, returning big man in college basketball. Lamont West is back. Issa Maud, who was suspended, I believe, the first thirteen games last year for academics, um, he's back. And uh, you talk about a guy that can kind of do it all. Pretty good defender. Not a great. Sc- uh, score not a great shooter, but um, good passer, like a fundamentals guy. And uh, James Bolden, Beetle Bolden from Kentucky, um, now gets the start. And he was—he—you could argue—he might have been the best scoring guard on West Virginia last year in limited minutes. He would come in and light it up. I mean, great shooter. And Brandon Napper, uh, transfer that sat out last year, will take over the reins at point guard. And they have a lot of depth. Uh, Wesley Harris, who was a starter last year, I believe, will end up coming off the bench. I mean, it's it's same old West Virginia. They're going to do the full court press. They're gonna they're gonna trap. They're they're gonna get up in your face, and th- and they're gonna be able to do it again. And then behind them, what what enables them to do that is Sag Kanate um, being able to clean up at the rim, kind of uh, you know erase mistakes, if you will. They have a good freshman class coming in, led by Jordan McCab. Um, Derek Culver. So, I mean, they, they really have it all. Um, now, they don't have a lot of elite star players. They still have to replace a lot in Javon Carter, Daxter Miles. But I think it's fair to say they're, they're very much in the mix uh, for that second spot behind Kansas. Um, but they have a really nice team this year. Um, not good, obviously, last year they uh, – I mean, they were really good last year, um, so it, it's going to be hard to top. But I, I think, I think for West Virginia, they'll they'll be a slight drop, but not much. I mean, when you return your front court as much as your front court as West Virginia did in quality guys, um, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. So number eighteen, I have Oregon. I think they're my the highest Pac-12 team that I have ranked. Um, yeah, because UCLA and USC are behind them. Oregon uh, looks like the early front runner, maybe, for uh, the Pac-12 leader. The Pac-12 is down. I mean, there, there's no other way to say it. 
Arizona struggle. Arizona is going to struggle a bit this year. Now they should be able to rebound next year. They have a nice recruiting class coming in, but for this year they're going to struggle. Um, so it's pretty surprising. You know, usually, I mean, say in Oregon two years ago, you know, it was really really good. They went to the Final Four. Arizona last year was ranked top two, top three. So usually there's a Pac-12 team, and, and well, and then USC as well, in preseason top ten team, I believe. So there's usually a, a team. Excuse me. There's a team from the Pac-12 in the top ten, and this year that is just not the case. Definitely, I mean, uh, def, definitely a little drop off. But however, Oregon, I really like them. Uh, they, you know, they lost. They didn't make the tournament last year. Um, and again, I think a lot of big part of that was the weakness of the Pac-12. I mean, there's I think there's four teams that made it from the Pac-12. UCLA, uh, Arizona State, and Arizona, and what was the other team? That might have been it, actually. They're, they might have only had the three, now that I think about it. I don't think – that might have – yeah, because Utah didn't make it. Colorado didn't make it. Those were teams that were sort of – USC didn't make it. Yeah, they might have been the only three, um, surprisingly. And they all got beat by ups, by teams in upstate New York and Syracuse, St. Bonaventure, and Buffalo. But anyway, but I like Oregon this year. They, you know, obviously the headliner, the recruiting class. You got Bull Bull, um, Francis Okoro, another big, big body that they're adding to this group, reclassified up. You know, Kenny Wooten, a shot blocking machine. You get senior Paul White is back. Lewis King, I think, is going to be. I mean, he he really scored the ball well. Um, in the uh, McDonald's games and in those uh, po- the I guess the post you can call them kind of the postseason or the All Star games. Excuse me, I couldn't think of it. Uh, they, they add um, Ahab Amin from uh, I think he was from is he from New Mexico, New Mexico State maybe might have, or was it? I don't remember what he from a smaller from a mid major. Obviously, they had him. He originally was going to go to uh, Nevada. Then Nevada had too many players. Essentially, he decommits, goes to Oregon. Uh, immediate dif- difference maker, uh, Peyton Pritchard, uh, your starting point guard for the second year, straight year. I mean, the question for Oregon is obviously their backcourt situation. They they don't have a ton of depth. Now they do have a couple. Got you know Will Richardson coming in another kind of an underrated. He was the underrated guy in that freshman class, but a lot of uh, scouts or a lot, you know a lot of guys in the recruiting industry thought think that he's going to be a pro player eventually. He has pro potential, and they got Victor ba- Bailey Jr. back. But you know you're talking about a freshman a guy that hardly played last year. So Peyton Pritchard, a lot rest on him. The uh, Ahab Amin addition was big, big time for Oregon to get him late. But I think, you know, I think it all comes down to to, to bowl bowl. I mean, can they get, can Dana Ottoman get what they, you know, get bowl bowl to his potential? Can, can he, can he kind of guide him along the season, get the most out of him for the one year he'll be there? I mean, he's a one and done. There's no other way to say it. Can they get the most out of him in that one year? Uh, you know, I think Oregon has, they have a lot of star potential they have veterans. They got, but they have a lot of talent. They have youth that can really play. But can they put it all together? And can they get the most out of their star player? I mean, a lot of play, a lot of programs. I mean, Duke didn't recruit bowl. 
and North Carolina didn't recruit him. Kentucky did, and he was Kentucky put them, or he was he put Kentucky as a top two uh, after you know everyone thought he was going to Arizona that uh, whole summer in Arizona, obviously with the scandal, same with USC. So it ended up really just being Kentucky and Oregon. I think Kentucky kind of passed on him. They they kind of let him go. Um, so kind of interesting that you know he ends up at Oregon. So can he kind of prove the the big boys wrong? And have a, have a stellar season, get Oregon. I mean, potentially they have they have an elite eight, maybe even Final Four potential. They have a lot of talent on their roster. All right, moving on, Florida State Seminoles. Um, good team last year, team that went to the elite eight. I mean, it just seems like Leonard Hamilton always puts together teams that just like they're scrappy. They're not great, but they they can play a little bit. And this one is no different. And they they have a lot of talent on this team. MJ Walker for a second year. You're talking about a second year of a five star guy, five star shooting guard. I mean, that's, um, I mean, that's 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 a good luxury to have. Same with you know they get uh, Phil Kofer back, who was their best player all of last year. I, I thought he was great when I was kind of doing these rankings back in May. I thought he was graduating. They get him back another year. Stretch four that can really score it. They get Terrence Mann back. Trent Forrest. At point guard, they lost. They lo- they lose Brian Angola, who was you know their their best shooter. But I think you, you get a full year of NJ Walker, and you're not going to really miss him. They have a decent front court. Christ, Kamanje, uh, he's a massive human being. I think he's like seven one. So they have a lot of guys that can. Uh, they got a lot of guys that can play. They got I think a grad transfer, in David Nichols for point guard. So um, again. Can Leonard Hamilton get his five-star MJ Walker to play his best basketball? Um, but it's clear they're going to be a good defensive team. This team, I think, it's, it's offense. Can they get offense out of their backcourt? Um, and can Phil Kofer stay hot? Because against Michigan, I mean, what what doomed them couldn't score it. And Michigan, I mean, I think they only won that game sixty. It was in the fifties, fifties early or fifties to uh, low sixties. So I think for the big question for Leonard Hamilton is can he get this team scoring the ball? Florida Gators at 16. Really like their makeup. I, I, not a whole lot of people had them ranked extremely high uh, early on, you know, kind of you know, through the decision, the NBA decision process. I think they were mainly unranked. They finally got – I think people started putting them in the rankings when Jalen Hudson came back, which I kind of figured would happen. So I was – I'm say I was a little ahead of the curve. I was. Um, but, I mean, so you lose Chris Chioza, who was one of the better point guards uh, in a while for that for that program. And Igor Kuleshov was really good for them, too. But I think you don't really – there's not a huge drop-off. Andrew Nimhard's a five-star point guard. I mean, obviously freshman, going to have the learning curve, but I, I like his chances to have a really nice year. Kay, they get another year of uh, Kayvon Allen and Jalen Hudson together. I mean, those two guys, they're a little bit streaky – they're a little bit inconsistent, but when they get on a heater, I mean, they just go and and they can score with the best of them. I've always said I've always been a big, bigger fan of Kayvon Allen, the, the Grayson Allen. I'd said that all along uh, throughout his high school, and and last year Kayvon Allen didn't have a great year, and I, and Kayvon Allen probably isn't getting drafted. I know Grayson Allen went in the first round, but for the college game, man, I I'm a big fan of Kayvon Allen. The guy can really put. He can put it on the floor. He can shoot it, and when he gets hot, it's something to watch. I mean, he had, he he has gone on some Malik Monk type of runs. I mean, he he is capable of that. And Jalen Hudson, I mean, 
I mean, when Florida, I mean, people forget that Florida was like the best team last year at the, the you know, the first six or seven games. Now that they obviously took a big time hit, they lost. I think Florida State at home, they lost. I think a home game. I think they lost. It was Loyola beat them at home. Kind of started a big time losing streak for them. That and they were hurting for a bit. But my goodness, I mean, in the in the PK eighty tournament, like I mean, those guys were playing awesome. Like they they were they were mesmerizing to watch. They were scoring with ease. And they get Keith Stone back, who had always kind of been like a. a an underrated player now. I mean, he he is he, he's like the guy at power forward. They need they need a lot out of him. Cabarrus Hayes, who really struggled at the end of last year, they need him to play better. I'm a, you know again a young bench. A lot of these teams have young benches, but I think Florida uh, has a really nice foundation. And then we go to Kansas State. Um, obviously, we know that you know, their upset at Kentucky in the Sweet 16 got them to the Elite Eight. And this year, people are taking him serious. I mean, people really didn't take him. I didn't think they were going to be Creighton in that first game. I thought Creighton was going to you know, outscore him. And what do you know? They did not. And Kansas State ends up, you know, had a chance for the Final Four. I mean, Barry Brown Jr., nice score all around. And, and they did it without Dean Wade at all. I mean, he, he hardly played. They're going to get him back, best player. He's he's good. I mean, he can, he can score it. Xavier Sneed was a guy that all – I think both Snead and Brown went to the NBA, went to the uh, through the process, and I think scouts really like Xavier Snead's um, his outlook uh, for the NBA as as a stretch four, three, or you know, against Kentucky, he was mainly playing stretch four. I mean, he was hitting everything. He he was he was a uh, yeah, he could not miss from three. And they but they have nice guys. As well uh, on their bench, Mike McGurl. I mean, he had a big game against Creighton. They would have won. They would not have won that game without him. Cartier, Cartier Diara made some big shots against Kentucky. Um, yeah, depth was an issue with them last year, especially in the tournament when they didn't have Dean Wade. Um, but this year, they seem to have a little bit more. They seem to have some firepower power as well on offense. They could not score last year. Um, for the most part, they were not a very good offensive team this this year. They have a lot of potential should they should their key players stay healthy. So we'll just have to see how that turns out. Some I mean, some people have Kansas State inside the top ten. I'm not quite going that far. I'm putting them at fifteen. Alrighty, LSU at fourteen. Um, really good recruiting class from Will Wade. Now again, it remains to be seen how much of a cloud that the whole corruption trial put over them. But Tremont Waters, you're getting maybe the, the best point guard back. He was awesome. Like, he was dynamite last year. Hitting game-winning shots, really steady player, just good. I mean, just really good all around. They get Javante Smart uh, from Louisiana, keep him in state. They get Nazarian Reed, who, they, I mean, they say is – they say, I mean, he just transformed his body. looks great down there. Cavell Bigby-Williams – Transfer from Oregon down there, and he—I mean—he's a long athlete guy that can protect the rim. Um, Emmett Williams, guy kind of flew under the radar because he obviously he was um, accused of—I think he was accused of rape—but um, ended up the, the charges got dropped, and he is at LSU and a guy that really dominated the All Star circuit. I mean, just a relentless rebounder, motor player. So. I think for I mean LSU, the guy 
consistently shoot the ball. It's got to be more than Tremont Water. I think last year was too much of him having to do everything. But I think they have much better players this year. Um, they have and they can play through Nasir and Reed in the post. Uh, Javante Smart, a really good athlete. That's a guy Kentucky was. Um, they were on early. They kind of uh, let off of him. He ends up at LSU. I think it worked out for both parties pretty well. Mississippi State Bulldogs. So, I, LSU and Mississippi State, are you almost say they're interchangeable. I put Mississippi State ahead because I, I like their experience better. Uh, a lot of their guys tested the NBA. They all came back pretty much. They did have some guys transfer, and Eli Wright, Xavier Stapleton, Schneider Harrard as well. So Ben Howland had lost some of his guys. But Lamar Peters, Nick Weatherspoon, and Quindary Weatherspoon, effortless scores, athletic, can move the ball, can get to the rim. Really fun. I mean, they're, they're going to be good. I mean, there is no other way to say it. Uh, and they got you know Eric Holman, a, a pick-and-pop big. He's one of the, the ones that went pro, uh, came back, or entered in the draft. Abdul Adu is a massive, massive human being uh, in the middle. And they, I mean, they, they brought in, I think, the best recruiting class in school history with Reggie Perry, power forward. He's not even starting. Usually when you get a guy of Reggie Perry's, when Mississippi State gets a guy of that caliber, they're starting, and he's not probably. I don't have him slated as one. Robert Woodard. So they have... Unlike last year, they, they did not have much depth. They have much more depth. They have bigger guys. They have athletes, and they have some experience that can really play. I mean, Quindary Weatherspoon, I feel, it feels like he's been there forever. He's been a thorn in the side of of all of his opponents. And you get Nick Weatherspoon, a five-star, back for a second year. That's, again, another big luxury. Lamar Peters back as well. That dude can really shoot it. Big fan of the Bulldogs this year. And number 12, you're defending national champions, Villanova Wildcats. Obviously, whenever you win championships, you don't get to keep your players as long as Jerry Wright's had uh, the luxury of doing the past few years. So in four early draft early draft entrants in Mikael Bridges, Brunson, Amari Spellman, and DiVincenzo. So what does that mean? Javon's Quinterly as the – as a freshman, he's gonna to have to step up now. I mean, he's probably the mo- he's the most talented freshman in the Big East. I think he'll he'll do just fine. He's a perfect he's prototype Villanova kind of a uh, point guard, and it's gonna help because he's got two seniors playing alongside of him and Joe Cremo, who shot forty three percent at Albany. Good play. I mean, that's how you replace um, Divincenzo. Go out shoot there and get you a, shoot, a guy that can really shoot it, and they got him that. Phil Booth. I mean, was pretty much automatic. Guy that guy really knows how to play in big games. Eric Paschal's back and really stretch the floor. Demir Cosby Roundtree. That's he's gonna have to fill the void left by Amari Spellman. I mean you get either DiVincenzo or Spellman back. Villanova's in the top five probably. You lose both of them. Still in the top fifteen, still really good. Um it, it's not gonna be again, I, I don't think Villanova is a serious threat, kinda like Carolina, a serious threat to repeat. They have a chance, obviously. I just don't think it's really it's going to happen with this group. They don't have a ton of star power. Um, they're going to need their freshmen uh, to step up. So it's Cole Switter, Brandon Slater, um, but they're going to need they're going to need some and Demir Cosby Roundtree, especially that center position. They're going to need some guys to step up. But uh, you know, I, definitely uh, definitely a top fifteen team. They're going to have a 
they're going to have a good season. Michigan State, that was my top team last year, but they lost Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges, the two best players. So obviously they're going to take a little step back, and that they did, but they're still good. I mean, you got Cassius Winston back, maybe the best point guard in the country, definitely that the best returning point guard in in the Big Ten. You get him, Matt McQuaid back, guy that can really knock down shots. Josh Langford's back, a lanky defender can get to the rim, can finish. Uh, and then Xavier Tillman and Nick Ward. I mean, you talk about two big, big guys down low. Uh, don't want to be banging by with those guys for 40 minutes. That's going to be tough. Kenny Goins is back for seemingly the seventh year. <laughs> seems like he's, I mean, yeah, it seems like he's been there forever. A lot of front court depth. They brought in a, a Marcus Bingham, I think is their highest rated recruit, power forward. Uh, Gabe Brown, that's that, that's a freshman, a small forward, has been making, or that has been uh, making headlines the, uh, in camp for the Spartans. A long guy, he, he get, gets some run early. I mean, that, that could be the guy, you know, if Langford gets in early foul trouble, Izzo could turn to him, long athlete, can guard multiple positions. I mean, for Michigan State, it's simple. Like last year against uh, the Qs in, in that second round game, just couldn't hit a shot. They got to be able to shoot the ball. Then you guys that consistently make it because the pack and the paint, I mean, that, that killed them last year. They just couldn't find any way to score. They're going to dominate the boards like they did last year. I mean, they, they were the best offensive rebounding team in the country, I think. And they destroyed Qs on the boards. But when you can't make any shots, it doesn't really matter. So they're going to need to capitalize on second chances and make shots. Um, I think, you know, Cassius Winston's going to have to be able to run the offense effectively. And Matt McQuaid, you need him to, sh- to, con- to shoot the ball, and you need Josh Langford to be a more consistent shooter uh, in his third year. Number 10, you got the Auburn Tigers. Um, now, Austin Wiley is going to miss time. That's another news to that I forgot to mention. He's going to miss some time with an injury. But... They didn't have him last year, and look how it worked out. Pretty darn good. Got back, got to the NCAA tournament for the first time, and I can't even remember how long. Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, and Austin Wiley all went to the draft and all said, I'm coming back, and that they did. They're going to get Daniel Purefoy back. He was he didn't play at all last year. As with Austin Wiley, they're both – I think Purefoy's going to have to sit out the first nine games, but then he will be back in action. Uh, Anthony McElmore should be fully recovered from that fractured ankle. And really, that was, I mean, when that happened, that that's when Auburn tanked. Um, they, they were fine playing with the eight guys they had on scholarship. And then he fractures his ankle, and it really, really hurt. And then they just they just did not have enough players. It's like they were gassed. So, and then also Bryce Brown playing through shoulder injury. Uh, part of conference play didn't help either. But, I mean, you're talking about the leading score in the SEC. That's the guy I would have picked to be SEC Player of the Year. I thought Grant Williams wasn't even the best player on his team for the majority of last year. Um, but I'm a big fan of his game. I mean, like a two-star recruit, recruit coming out, but can really stroke it. No other doubt about it. Samir Dottie's going to keep that ball moving. Transferred from VCU. Chumo KK. I mean, that's a guy that um, was tearing it up in the uh, FIBA, for the FIBA event back in 2017 that summer. Um, I think he made the team. If he didn't, it might have. It, it would have been due to injury. He was, but he was really impressive. So, Bruce Bruce Pearl should have more depth. Not early on though, because no Wiley, no Purefoy. They're they're going to be a little short-handed. But 
you know, even losing Davion Mitchell, Deshaun Murray, and Mustafa Heron, they're looking pretty good. And now we got Virginia Tech at nine. Like I said, mentioned them. Uh, still going to keep them there because you know one one would have to think that Chris Clark is going to be back pretty soon. But I mean, Justin Robinson, awesome point guard. I think it's going to be an NBA player. Him and then a sophomore year of Nikel Alexander Walker, really underrated. The guy's going to be able to score it really well. You know, you lose Justin Bibbs, who was a best shooter on the team last year on a really good shooting team and that's a bummer but Nikhil Alexander Walker more talented I mean we're talking about a five-star guy should have a massive impact you got Ahmed Hill another really good shooter Kerry Blackshear Jr. another year of him playing pick and pop Ty Outlaws back from his torn ACL I have him starting now that Chris Clark is out and you have a good bench I mean while Wambisa Bede is going to play a bigger role this year as the backup. But, I mean, obviously, the the talk centers around the the backcourt and Justin Robinson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. This team goes as, as they go. This team is a legitimate shot to get to the Elite Eight. They're going to be an elite offensive team. Um, Kim Buzz Williams gets them to defend. They're going to have to provide a little resistance on that end. Carolina at number eight. I think this Carolina team is going to be significantly better than last year's. I didn't really think Carolina's team last year was that good. And what do you know? A Texas A&M blew them out. They didn't have enough talent. Didn't have enough NBA talent, and it showed. They got ran off the court by by a more athletic, more talented team. This year, they have it. Um, I'm still I'm a big fan of Cam Johnson. Uh, I think he's really good. I think he can really shoot it. I think he's a pretty he he might have been heck he might have been the most athletic player on the team last year. And then you got Nas Little. I mean, just a beast. Um, I have him slated at the small ball power forward spot. But that's a one and done player. He's going to dominate the ACC. There's not going to be anyone going to be able to guard him. Luke May is obviously back. Um, I mean, going to be a preseason All American, good shooter. I mean. Really good offensive player and can rebound it. Um, I was consistently good all last year. Didn't expect it. Did not expect him to make that jump. Still don't think he's much of an NBA player. Really struggled against A&M. I just wonder, you know, with ACC how – I mean, it's it's good, but there's not a – outside of Duke, which I mean, Duke didn't even, didn't even have that many big guys this season. But we'll just – I'm really interested to see when Carolina takes on Kentucky and Chicago in December, um, how Luke May responds to the to the the length and the athleticism of the Kentucky Bigs. Let's just say that. But I mean, I think this team's going to be a lot better. The big problem or the big question mark with them is the point guard position. What are you going to do with the point guard position? Um, Colby White, I have him in there right now. You know, they had him list him as a two-guard, a combo guard coming out of high school. I think that's the big key. If they can get a point guard, a steady point guard, like they're going to be really good. You know, Kenny Williams, the best defend, perimeter defender in the ACC, make that argument. Garrison Brooks is going to make a, a big second-year leap as the first guy off the bench for the front court. And then what's, you know, Seventh Woods, Brandon Robinson. Those guys have been kind of sitting on the bench their entire time. Um, their entire time at Carolina. 
you know, what's their role going to be? I mean, they need to, Carolina needs a steady point guard. Um, they need some, they need one of those two to step up um, because I don't think Colby White can do it on his own. It may be a point guard by committee kind of a deal uh, in Chapel Hill this year. Number seven, the Nevada Wolfpack. Mentioned them earlier. Kind of stunned that they got beat by 17 against Washington, but they did, and that's just the way it goes. Um, still not too worried about it. It's an exhibition game. We'll see. Now, if they start playing poorly uh, when the real games start, then we'll have to reevaluate. But, man, Eric Musselman, quite an offseason. Got the Martin twins to stay another year. Caleb uh, and Cody Martin, obviously. The, those two are just – I mean, they're the driving force of that team. You know, bigs that can that can handle it. You know, I think Cody Martin was taken out the floor after Lindsey Drew uh, blew out his Achilles last year. And a you know, very fast-paced, high-octane offense. And, and then Jordan Caroline is back. Jordan Brown, five-star. That's got to be the first five-star in Nevada's history. And um, he's going to massive boost on the front line. It's the team of transfers. I mean, Trey Porter from Old Dominion. Obviously, the Martin Twins from uh, the Wolfpack. I mean, Trey Sean Thurman, Jazz Johnson. I don't know where those guys are from, but I know they're transfers. But team of transfers. Eric Musquin knows how to get these guys to play with each other. Virginia number six, uh, Braxton Key is eligible to play this year. Kind of shockingly. Transfer from Alabama. I think it's a weird fit. Um, but nonetheless, Braxton Key, really athletic, uh, a pro player, um, almost went pro after his freshman year, but Avery Johnson got him to stay, and now he's on Virginia. I mean, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, it, it runs through them, and you know, and they get DeAndre Hunter back, maybe the most athletic, uh, athletic player, one of the most athletic players in the ACC. You know, kind of outside of Duke. <laughs> Mamadi Diakiti and Jack Salt. I mean, they, you think, oh, you know, they were the top team, the top team going in the tournament last year. Sure, they're going to lose a bunch. And, I mean, they lose Devin Hall and Isaiah Wilkins, who are good players, <clears throat> very solid basketball players. But they really didn't take much of a step back. I think this is going to be a be- – this might be one of Tony Bennett's best offensive teams since he's been there. I mean, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, both, I mean, like really good scores, really good shooters. DeAndre Hunter, I mean, having him, I mean, that redshirt freshman year did him wonders. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm going to go get me some water right quick, but I will continue talking about Virginia basketball. Um, I, again, I'm never a big fan of the way Virginia plays. I don't think that they're – I just don't think the way that they play is conducive to how basketball play, is played now. I just don't think it's compatible. The, you know, play it slow, all defense. I mean, that's what gets you upset by lesser teams, the way that they play. So I think with Tony Bennett, he's going to have to rethink the way that he that he coaches. Um, I think he's going to have to – I think he's going to have to change it up a little bit. And, and guess what? He has guys that can really score, guys that can – that uh, high, you know, big-time impact players on the offensive end. He needs to take advantage of that uh, with this season. I think that, you know, if Virginia wants to repeat, you know, with Duke and Carolina and, and Virginia Tech of all teams, those I mean, those three are going to be in in the, the conversation for the ACC. The ACC title is up for grabs. There's not a clear 
there's really not a total 100% clear team um, that has a massive grip on it. <clears throat> Number five, the Volunteers. Speaking of teams that returned to everyone, they returned to everyone. They lost. I mean, the only guy they lost was James Daniel III, who played maybe 15 minutes a game. Um, really didn't do a whole lot for him. They get Grant Williams back. They get Admiral Schofield back. Alexander, Jordan Bone, Jordan Bowden, or, uh, Lamonte Turner, who, as I think he was just a so- either a freshman, sophomore last year, was terrific. I mean, he was he was the best guard on the team. Uh, and they you had DJ Burns, a four-star center. Uh, vet, another year of Vest Ponds, maybe the most he's the most athletic player on the team. You know, they're going to be really good. The problem is, and I know Aaron Torres, a college bas- national college basketball writer, has, has cited this with Tennessee. You know, they bring back everyone, and, and they're really they're a scrappy bunch. They're good at basketball. They, they play tough. But in the end, what got them beat last year was their lack of NBA talent. I mean, that, that, that's what really hurt them. That's how you get beat by a Loyola. That's how, you know, that's what happens. And... You know, they, they don't have a lot of, they don't have a ton of NBA talent on this team. They have a lot of good college basketball players that don't have a ton of NBA talent. I mean, Admiral Schofield, you know, he went to the draft, he pulled out, but he never was going to get drafted. Grant Williams will not get drafted in the NBA. You know, we're talking about a 6'4", or excuse me, a 6'8", you know, two, like, I don't know, it could be 240, power four. It's just he, the way he plays basketball isn't, isn't what the NBA is looking for out of the four spot. Everyone's got to be able to shoot. And, you know, Grant Williams isn't a guy that steps out and shoots threes. So, Jordan Bone, Jordan Bowden, solid players, but not NBA guys. Um, How much better can this team get? Have they peaked? I mean, how much much better can can they really get? Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll have to see. We've seen this with teams before where they, you know, they look – great for a year and they return everyone it looks like they're going to go off and then and they kind of fall flat and you have you know Tennessee's fifth I mean they were they were the they were number three seed they were top nine team no excuse me top 12 team going into the tournament last year um, that's where they were ranked according to the committee they were top 12 so and you return all those guys you deserved you deserved to be ranked up high but experience isn't everything um, you have to I think the, the teams that win it all have a good blend of talent and experience. And I think Tennessee, they got a lot of good basketball players, but do they have enough talent? And that, that remains to be seen. But nonetheless, they're number five. They deserve to be there for now. Number four, the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, speaking of not a lot of experience, they don't have it, but they got all the talent in the world. Um, literally, the world, because, you know, R.J. Barrett, you know, Canadian. Jack White, Australian, even though he's not who I'm really citing, but, you know, still, it's applicable. The world. Um, so, obviously, the headliner, Duke's recruiting class. Um, everyone knows about it. You got you got Trey Jones, and then, and then Cameron Reddish committed, and then R.J. Barrett committed, and then the shocker of all shockers, Zion Williamson got, commits, and then, you know, you get Joey Baker reclassifies up. Um... You, I mean, you have the number one recruiting class. Um, Duke's gonna be really good this year. They're gonna be a lot. I mean, it's they have the most marketable team in the country. It's ESPN. It's gonna be a Duke infomercial during college basketball season. Just the way it is. 
Um, they have a ton of talent, but can they keep it all? Ha- can they keep it all happy? Um, we don't really know. Again, like I mentioned on previous podcasts, it's hard to judge Duke off their Canadian trip because they did not have Cameron Reddish or Trey Jones. And again, with like the exhibition games, it's you know, it's it's hard to say because it, exhibition games you're not going as hard as you are in those uh, in those uh, the, the foreign games. So. We'll to, in, in the first major game, like they play is against Kentucky. They don't get a warm up against. They don't get to play a, a real game against the, uh, you know, a, a lower team. I mean, they're thrown right into the fire. It'll be interesting to see how they respond. But they have the they have the highest ceiling of any team. Um, you have R.J. Barrett, who's going to be the top pick in the draft, best player in the sport this year. Um, I mean, just a ridiculous score, effortless, can can really do it all. Um, there isn't a whole lot on the basketball court he can't do as far as scoring the ball. His shot has gotten better this offseason. That was that was the big knock on him. He could, can't really shoot. Well, his shot's gotten better. We'll have to see if it translates. I mean, you know, maybe it, maybe it has gotten better, but, I mean, we'll see how it go, goes in the games. Cameron Reddish is probably the best shooter on the team. Um so we'll have to see how that goes, as well. Um, but anyway, it, he and he may be the best long-term prospect. I mean, you know, how tall he is, he can shoot, he can shoot, he can he can put the ball on the floor. Really good player, Cameron Rush, and then obviously Zion Williamson, the, the dunker. I mean, he he was he looked really good in that form to her. I mean, he was he was scoring thirty points a game, was dominating. I really am looking forward to him playing against a legit, like, a grown men. And that will be Kentucky week one, game one. That's going to be, I am, you know, it's going to be, because all of his career he's been playing against guys that he is just way bigger than. Kentucky, I mean, he'll be bigger than P.J. Washington, but P.J. Washington's a big dude. I mean, that, that's a guy that's gotten a lot better, a lot stronger this offseason. Um, but outside, and, and obviously Trey Jones, a point guard, has the task of keeping them all happy. Outside of that, though, like where do you go? Javon Deloria I have slot, slot, yeah, slotted as the starter. Jack White and Javon Deloria are the captains. Marquise Bolden, they need it. They need Marquise Bolden. They need five star, you know, top twenty ranked Marquise Bolden to show up this year. Um, if they don't, I don't see how they win at all. They can, they can go far because of they they're three, but they those three can't do it all. Um, and and you know I know for Kentucky we'll get into this in the previews, but we'll, we'll just have we'll just have to see with the way because Duke Duke's bench is just very 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 bad. <laughs> it's not deep, and they don't. I mean, the talent drop off between R.J. Barrett and putting in Alice O'Connell—it's, I mean, it's a massive. Zion Williamson in Jack White—that's a massive drop off. It's not even close. Other teams don't have that problem where you put in a guy on the bench and it's just this massive drop off. Third, Gonzaga—we already mentioned uh, Killian Tilly out. Still going to have them at three. It's not like he's out for the season. I would drop them if that were the case. Um, again, I'm kind of ranking based off what I think will. A mixture of what it is now and what I think will happen. But, I mean, all around really good. They get, Zach Norvell was awesome in, uh, in his first full season of playing. He, he looked really good, and he's only going to get better. I think he's he, he and 
he behind Rui, he is the best long term NBA prospect on the team. Josh Perkins is, I mean, senior, kind of been there, done that. I bet, I mean, he was the. I mean, he he kind of kept him in it in that uh, title game. I mean, when, when no one else could make a shot. Uh, you got, of course, Rui Hashimura. Um, lucky he came back. That's a first round player. Comes back. He's he's gonna have a heck of a season. Looked really good last year. San Jose transfer and Brandon Clark. You know, I originally had him at small forward. I, I moved him down to power forward now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but they're going to dominate the West Coast Conference. They don't have the star power of the other teams in the top four. Uh, so that they're going to have to worry about that a little bit. Um, I, I know Rui is really good, but, you know, you just have to wonder how what's going to happen against, you know, the big boy. I, against Tennessee, that, that'll be interesting because he's going to have to really battle matchup. That's going to be a matchup to watch. Him versus Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, and Kyle Alexander. And he's going to have to stay out of foul trouble early on. But depth right now is definitely against Gonzaga. He's going to, Few's going to have to get a lot out of his youngins. I mean, that's just the way it is. Number two, the Kansas Jayhawks. I'm going to try to rip through this. Uh, this took a lot longer than I thought it would. That's okay. The Kansas Jayhawks. Um, it... Uh, most outlets have them won. I get it. Um, I disagree, but I get it. The cloud hanging over them, I think, is even more of concern. They really, they have, a, they have most everything you need. I, they have to re- replace a lot of shooting, and I know, I mean, they got Vic back, but Gerald Vic isn't a forty percent three point shooter. Quentin Grimes, I know he, he big time recruit, but I mean, you're talking about Devontae Graham, Sid McKay, Luke, and the way that. Malik Newman was playing at the end. I mean, those are those were really good. That that's a lot to replace. Um, but I mean, obviously, Dedrick Lawson. I mean, people are expecting him to go in and tear it up. I, and I think it'll be good. It's just I, I think I pumped the brakes a little bit with him. He hadn't played. He played in the AAC. And now we're going, you know, Big Twelve. But they're going to play through him. He's going to be good. Yudoka Azabuki's back. That's another big one. But I think it, it, they. I mean, they're, they're deep. I mean. De- their bench, uh, this is their bench. It's Devin Dodson, Mar- Marcus Garrett, David McCormick, K.J. Lawson, Mitch Lightfoot. Like, that's their bench. That's their starting – that's their their next five. I mean, that, that's probably – that's a tournament team right there. That's a good – that's really good. Um, but no Silvio DeSosa. That will hurt a little bit for the front – I mean, that DeSosa compared to Mitch Lightfoot, that's a pretty big drop-off. Um, but I think the, the FBI clouds, it's going to really – that's going to struggle. Um, they're going to struggle with that, and I think it's going to hurt them. That's going to be a distraction, especially early on. But you got as many guys returning as they do, plus a guy like Quentin Grimes, who's a top ten pick. I mean, they uh, there's a lot to be excited for uh, with that team. And number one, Kentucky. Um, we watched Kentucky. That's another reason I put Kentucky number one. We've watched Kentucky play. You, you didn't get to see Duke, or excuse me, not Duke. You didn't get to see Kansas play. Would would have been nice. Because then you could have had that comparison. But with Kentucky, I mean, it, there isn't a ton of weakness. Like, there, Kansas has an awesome next five. Kentucky does too. I mean, it doesn't quite – it doesn't fit quite as much. I mean, Jamal Baker, E.J. Montgomery, Ashton Hagens, Tyler Hero, Nick Richards. You can make a starting five out of that. I have it. I have their starters as it goes. Quickly, Manuel Quickly, Quad A Green, Kelvin Johnson. P.J. Washington, Reed Travis. Um, I, again, I, I think 
Kelton Johnson, second best player, second best player in the sport. He's underrated. He's gonna be great. He's gonna he's gonna screw up some. You know he's he's gonna he's gonna you know play some TV ball as Cal would call it uh, sometimes. But I just think he his blend of of just his his drive his motor compared you know what and what he is able to do. I mean he's a heck of a player. He is gonna have to really find dig deep and find a way that first game to guard R.J. Barrett because I think that's who Cal's gonna put him on. He's gonna say you go get Barrett. You proved you could you could stop him. Um, so he's going to have to do that. Um, and then, you know, Tyler Hero got off the bench. Like, effortless score. I'm telling you, he's one and done for sure. You bring Reed Travis on this group. I, I saw a tweet. It was, I think, Bleach Report saying that the Kentucky's main worry is they didn't have a star. That's nonsense. Like, number one, Kelton Johnson is a star. I, he's not the top-ranked recruit. That doesn't mean he's not a star. Um, Darius Garland is ranked below. I think he's ranked below Kelvin Johnson, and everyone's crowning him to star Vandy. And he's a heck of a player. He's probably even one and done. Kelvin Johnson is too. But Reed Travis, I mean, for Stan, I mean, he was at Stanford. Everyone would have had him as an All American. But you know, he comes to Kentucky, so it's he has to split playing time. I mean, I mean, he would have been the best returning player in the Pac-12 had he been there. Reed Travis is a star, and he's and now he's starting to play like it. He didn't early on in the Bahamas. He had a great final game, and now I mean he's been really good ever since. EJ Montgomery's been awesome. I mean, and then Ashton Hagens is. I mean, you get three point guards on your team. I mean, it, it's in you know Quade played off the ball last year, so you know sliding him off the ball this year won't be a big deal. Um, because he's already he already did that last year because Shea dominated the ball. Um, P.J. Washington, again, I, I've kind of talked about this on previous podcasts, so I won't go on and on. But I just think Kentucky's the most complete team. They can shoot it. They can. They're, this is going to be Cal's best offensive team at Kentucky, probably the best shooting team he's had. Argue, you know, that it's it's up there with the murray Eulis team for sure. But I, I think it's going to be close. And I think that they have, they have depth. They have bigs. They have – they're going to have defense. They're shot blocking. That was a little bit of a concern going in. To this season over the summer, Not, and you know Richards has proven he can do it. Um, I, they're going to be able to alter shot, plenty of shots, and protect the rim. So, um, big time. So that that is my top twenty-five. Rip through it. I got uh, I got six minutes left, so not much time for for previews. I guess we'll really just spend the time uh, previewing the Champions Classic. That's that's what's going to get the most, um, obviously the most. Uh, publicity. We'll, we'll go for first. Kansas, Michigan State leads off. Um, I'd pick. I'm picking Kansas, and here's why. Michigan State's really good. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Kansas, with um, yeah, with what they have, they're going to be able to score it in many different ways. Again, like I said, with Michigan State, they struggled to score the ball. Struggled to score the ball last year at the end, and they just couldn't prove they could shoot it. I, I think that. Kansas can score in many ways. I think it's going to be really interesting, Dedrick Lawson versus that that massive Michigan State front line. That's going to be something to watch. Uh, I mean, Nick Ward and Xavier Tillman are big boys, so I, I think that's going to be an, an interesting matchup. But, I mean, Dedrick Lawson and Udoka Azubuki, I mean, that, that, uh, big time. But I think, you know, you can maybe say that that's maybe slight lean for Kansas on the front court, but Michigan State has the big boys to kind of 
to, to hang with them. But I think where the game's going to be won is on the perimeter. And you, there's a clear disparity there with between Devin Dawson, Charlie Moore, Quentin Grimes, between Cassius Winston and, uh, and Matt McQuaid. I think that's – you're going to see Candace be able to um, – you know, Quentin Grimes, I think this he's going to have a very nice game in, in this one. So there's – so I'm going to go with Candace in that one. And then the headliner, Duke and Kentucky. And that's what we'll spend the rest of this podcast on. Um, will Duke be able to play for 40 minutes? Will Duke be will Duke be able to keep up with Kentucky forty minutes? Because it's not that Duke can't match up with Kentucky. I don't, now, Grant, I I don't think they're going to be on playing defense, but I think talent for talent, you know, pound for pound, I mean, Duke can match up. They're going to be able to score. I mean, R.J. Barrett is an elite scorer. They got you know Zion's going to be able to do some things. Cameron Rush. I mean, they, they have a, I mean, those three on the floor together. We'll, we'll have to see how they mesh. But when they if they can. What, they can get it like early on. They're going to be dangerous from the get-go, but are they going to be able to play for forty minutes in that first game? Like er, later in the season, they'll have already played a bunch of college basketball. I don't think that's a problem. But this game will be, I think, for forty minutes because I mean, Cal's going to be able to just kind of pace his guys as far as the minutes go. He I mean, he knows he's going to want them playing all out when they're in there, but he's going to be able to kind of you know manage the minutes. Kentucky doesn't need. 40 out of PJ, 40 out of Kelton. Now, I think Kelton's the one guy that will be out there for 30-plus minutes. The only guy on Kentucky. But, like, the point guard situation, you can pace those guys. You you have – you got three point guards. And Kiro, you don't need him in there. You can put him in there. I mean, if that's your second – that's your sixth man, like, you can put him in there and it's like they're already exhausted trying to guard – trying to guard everyone else, and then you put – Tyler Hero, and it's like, goodness gracious. Then you got the effortless score that is Tyler Hero. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's definitely something to look for. Um, I think Kentucky's going to win this game. I, I've said this for a while. I think they're going to win by 10, 15 points. Um, I've, I'm getting a little, you know, I, I, I'm starting to feel like it could be closer. But I, I just Duke in that first game, um, I, I don't know. I think Kentucky is in a just – the the fact that they played those games in the Bahamas and they and they didn't play Division two caliber teams like Duke was playing. I mean they were playing some bad teams in Canada. I mean Kentucky was playing like some grown men and they play, they were dominating. I mean they, they were literally destroying these teams. So I think that is um, you know the way they played against that Serbian team and I mean they, I mean they destroyed that team. They beat them by forty points and they made it look. Effortlessly, so I think that's definitely uh, something to look for. So that is all I have for you all today. Um, again, we'll we'll do it again uh, next week. We'll recap Champions Classic, the first week of college basketball. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe. Give me you know, please review. Give me a review, whatever rate it review, whatever they do. Uh, but thank you all very much for listening. This has been the Posting Up Podcast. With your host, Alex Jesse, signing off. Peace, people.